0: Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. My name is Jake Bessling. I'm here with Tim Allman. Boom. Great day to be alive, Jake. We are loving this lead time podcast. Thanks for listening. And uh, you are in for a real treat today. And as you know, we believe that eternities are changed when a leader grows. And so thanks for checking in today, wherever you are, in your car, in a workout, in your office as a leader. Um, intentionally looking to grow your leadership muscles and so we have such a a guest and honor to be interviewing our town's mayor town of gilbert mayor jen daniels jen daniels Daniels, welcome
1: to the show you guys made that sound so exciting it was exciting it is
0: exciting (laughs)
1: We are pumped. I've never is, heard my name said like that, so thank you. That was amazing. This is the best <laughs> town on the face
2: of the planet. It is. Jesus I, is good, and he gave us Gilbert, Arizona. I wholeheartedly gonna a of. agree. So we have stories. Uh, I'm from—we're just getting to know one another. I'm from Colorado. I've been a pastor here for just about seven years. Jake has been a church leader here for about 15 now. Gee whiz. And he's from Houston, So tell us kind of where you're from and a little bit of your story that led you to be the best mayor on planet Earth.
1: (laughs) Oh, well, that is um, a high platform to fall from. So we'll have to be careful that that doesn't happen. But um, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area. I grew up in Oakland, California, Mm. and uh, ended up going to school in Utah and made my way in 2000 to Arizona. Uh, So moved here. What university? I went to Brigham Young University in Provo. Yes. What did you study? I was a humanities major, which means I'm fully qualified to volunteer in the Gilbert Historical Museum. (laughs) And that (laughs) is about what I'm qualified for. Do they question
0: you on that?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I know, right? Um, I just loved the classes. I loved culture and people, Mm -hmm. and I loved seeing where art mixed with um, real history and heritage and Um, I just loved those classes. I actually do think it was good training for being a mayor, and I didn't know it then. Of course, never knew that that was the path, but happy to be here. Moved Mm -hmm. to Gilbert in 2005 and then ran for office in 2008. Got elected in 2009 as a council member for the town of Gilbert.
2: Did you come in 2005 thinking, hey, I want to get into politics. I want to be in the town scene.
1: Absolutely not. I was a mom of two little, little boys at the time. Had another boy in 2007, and I think folding laundry and sort of doing the the normal mom things i watched channel 11 which at the time was our community's um channel where you could watch council meetings and other kinds of towns meetings and that's cool apparently there wasn't very much on tv at the time i'm pretty sure we didn't have cable before so before netflix exactly yeah. before and there that were, just
0: like sucked you in before there that. were podcasts whoa yeah before this <laughs> that's
1: right <laughs> And so I uh, just looked at the current makeup of the council at the time and thought, I think I could represent a voice that I know exists here. I see lots of people in my stage of life, mm-hmm. and I think I could represent that voice on the council. So I wow. went awesome. for
0: it. Yeah, so what is that growth and that those experiences that added up to you being voted mayor of the town?
1: I had a really, um, lots of amazing interactions with business leaders over the years as a council member. and. And first never saw myself running for office at all, but felt that calling. And I laugh a little bit now. I'm so glad that I didn't know then what I know now, because I think I would not have been as, I think as bold mm. as I wanted to be. So sometimes not having all of the knowledge or all of the pieces right? is actually a really good thing. Yeah. Um, and I had a great business leader tell me years ago, I never want to have to say no to an opportunity because I'm not ready yet. Mm. Yeah. So what am I doing? to be ready for whatever that opportunity is right. in two, four, six, ten 10 years from Whenever now. Whenever it comes. You don't know. So what am I doing to prepare myself now for whatever that might be? And that means continual growth and looking at opportunities. And when some people see challenge, you see opportunity. an opportunity. Yeah,
2: Isn't it cool to be a young leader? Like I've been a pastor now for 13 years and leaders accumulate wounds and struggle and it can lead us to see challenge and like oh my goodness here comes another kind (laughs) of this is going to be hard and I don't know if I've got, I've battled and not, you know, you can have that sort of mentality. So what is it for you now having been in this role for some time that like wakes you up and you're like, yeah, I'll do a podcast with two guys I haven't met at a church here in our town. Yeah, that sounds cool, you know, but to have that sort of optimism, that sort of hope and joy that obviously is found in you. How, how do you continue? Cause you walk through wounds and struggle for sure. I can guarantee it. No doubt. We all
1: do. Yeah. Um, I've, changed my perspective quite a bit about challenge over the last several years because there are really hard things in life, Um, whether it's death of a loved one Mm. or, you know, despair within a family or kids that are struggling and all those different things that we deal with. I've started to look at life more as this grand adventure. I love that. And these are little adventure pieces that are happening in our life that are meant to make us grow. Mm. They're by design to help us stretch And that's why it hurts. And I will get a little religious for you, even though I'm very much in a secular thing, but Jesus's life was not easy. It was very painful. Mm. Why do I think mine should be without struggle? Mine's going to be with struggle. It's really how I capture that struggle, internalize it, and turn it into an opportunity. And changing that mindset from, oh my gosh, this is a challenge, to this is just one one small segment of my great adventure. Um, has helped me look at things differently.
2: So Jesus says, in this world, you will have, you not might have, you will have trouble. That's right. But take heart, I've overcome the world. And Jesus, John 10.10, 10, said, I came to give you life and life to the full. Not a ho-hum, just waiting for another shoe to drop, you know, half full glass. No, I mean, it's an mm-hmm. overflowing life uh, to give your life away. And, and through the struggle comes, we see Jesus, because you're exactly right.
0: Because that, that was
2: his trajectory.
0: And it's easier to go through those struggles, I think you would agree, because we know um, what Jesus went through and what He did for us, and then we know the end of the story—that we ultimately win with a new heaven and a new earth and being with with God. So let's go there for a moment, and yeah. we'll kind of get back to you, you know your your life. But tell us about your walk with Christ and uh, what kind of norms you and shapes you with that. And so we have various perspectives on our show and we'd love to hear yours.
1: Yes. Yeah, ultimately I think it comes down to the fact that I love people. Mm. And I thought that I loved people before I was the mayor. Um, And maybe there are some mayors who love people less (laughs) after they're the mayor. My experience has been completely the opposite, where I see people from a very unique perspective doing really incredible things and living into their strengths and living into their purpose every single day. And it's inspiring for me. It makes me want to do better. And it helps me to love them. Um, I, I tell this often, especially to our youth that they have been given gifts, talents, skills, abilities, and experiences that no one on the earth has ever had and Mm -hmm. no one will ever have again, Mm -hmm. which is a great also responsibility because it means that you can do things that no one else can. Mm -hmm. And so we have to figure out what that path and mission really is. So um, another thing that's really come, I think, full circle for me, and I I don't know that I realized it till the last year, but there are two great commandments. We know this. Love God and love others. But we miss the second part of the loving others, which is as, as thyself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we sometimes think that loving ourselves is selfish. Mm-hmm. And it can't be. It's actually the third piece mm-hmm. of that of those commandments. Right, and it. so I think we need to take some time to appreciate the gifts, talents, skills, abilities and experiences that we've had mm-hmm. and what that means about what we can give back.
0: Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And so as a leader too, with your faith, we talk a lot about spiritual rhythms and what norms us and how do you get up in the morning and own your morning, own yep. your day and Love it. Um, and all of that kind of stuff. And so we both, you know, spend time with the word, have certain podcasts mm-hmm. that are Christian that are speaking into us, open up the word. Like right now I'm reading through the whole Bible. It's like, man, I'm a pastor and I haven't read through the whole Bible Come like, on, man. cover to cover since <laughs> high school. I got to do this. And so that's really norming that's me. Take a 10 minute walk every morning mm-hmm. and uh, pray for my family and our team. And then look up to the heavens and think, wow, God's got this today. It's all in control. Tim here rides his bike every day and um, does the same kind of things, pouring through the Gospels and the Psalms. And it really shapes us. So what are some of those daily rhythms uh, that are spiritual and physical that really shape you to be um, an awesome female leader?
1: It sounds like we have a lot of the same morning hours, and uh, that's a good (laughs) thing. But I do wake up early. Um, I've been blessed to not need a lot of sleep in my life, which has been helpful because we're juggling a lot, right? We all are. Um, but I wake up early. I make sure that I start my day with prayer and meditation and I read and I exercise and my exercise, um, is kind of varies based on the season. I love hiking. Mm -hmm. I love being in nature. I do feel close to God when I'm there. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a reason why you know Moses went to the mountaintop and so many others
0: Adam and Eve were put in a garden yes Yes, exactly like
1: we are meant to be um, enjoying this amazing earth that we've been given Mm -hmm. so I do love to hike but it's too dark in the morning right Right, now the winter so summertime actually is my favorite time to hike early but I'll do yoga or some other type of you know walk or or run if I'm feeling really ambitious (laughs) I might run
2: man this is so good it's awesome Two follow-up questions. Do you drink water in the morning?
1: Lots and lots of water. Yes. So water is a great way to start. (laughs) Are you an advocate for water? Uh, I'm a strong advocate for water. First thing. No, absolutely. I have always water on my nightstand. It's one of the first things I do.
2: And then you vary up your morning routine, Mm -hmm. which is really, but there are some staples. Yep. Water, movement, meditation, learning.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: Yeah. a lot of a lot of convergence there. So so good. All right, so let's let's pivot a touch. Gilbert is amazing. In 1985, about 15,000 people were a part of the town of Gilbert. And today, what are we? 225, 250.
1: Keep going. We're at 260. Yeah, yeah. And and the ceiling.
2: I mean, where are we going to be even in the next decade? Because there is like a limit we're kind of landlocked a little bit for how the town can grow in the next handful of years where we're going to be.
1: Yeah, we're absolutely landlocked. Um, we anticipate build out at 330,000 residents in the That'll next 70, decade.
2: In a decade. 70 more thousand people and then you better get in. If you want to join the town of Gilbert, Gilbert come on. like, it's going fast, man. So
0: I'm what
1: always do you... recruiting.
0: <laughs> exactly. Do you have a, quick, you have a yeah. stat about like how many people are moving to Gilbert? or On a
1: daily basis, no. Um, I know 200 people a day are moving to Maricopa County. Wow. But and I'm I heard 300 today to Arizona, Arizona. yeah so, so yeah. it's incredible it's we do have people. this is this will blow your mind we have a kindergarten class being born every day in the town of Gilbert between our hospitals Wow so a new kindergarten class every day in Gilbert it's
2: extraordinary median age 33 33 it, I think it's gone down it's gone up a little bit it's 30 it?
1: 31 when I started oh, on council in 2009 I, I was below it. the median age <laughs> and now I am well above the median age yeah. of Gilbert yeah
2: so so good. So, what do you love? Just go off on Gilbert for a minute. What do you love about our town?
1: Yeah, I, I I'll just go back to the people. Um, I I often will say that I stand on the shoulders of generations of leadership who care deeply for this community, but the people care deeply. Um, I, when I often am asked to describe Gilbert, we are a family-friendly, faith-based community. Uh, we have sixty churches in our community. I have eighty thousand school-age kids. Wow. Education is a pillar. Uh, of our community, we are have one of the highest median incomes, but also the largest household sizes in Arizona. So more kids, um, but also I think that means more joy and more purpose. And I think I see it in our residents every day.
0: Well, we're building out the different parks and all of that. And I got here in 2005, and I remember going downtown Gilbert, Gilbert Road. And between Elliott and Guadalupe, and there was Joe's Barbecue. Now, Joe's, you guys are doing a great job, but I am partial to Texas. But I love the scene. I love the <laughs> tractor inside. I, um, I love that you, you got to go back in to get the refill through the line. Mm-hmm. It's a great environment. And really to still see Joe and that whole industry grow in different right. different um, different types of food, it's incredible. But across the street was like a, di- a different restaurant all the time. Every couple years, I forget even the names, but like a Midwestern kind of steakhouse.
1: and Green Belt. Grain yeah. Belt.
0: You'd <laughs> look outside of Amazing Joe's Barbecue and see these changing restaurants. And now I hear people are flying to Gilbert just to eat downtown Gilbert on their way to California or something like that. So can you get us kind of behind the scenes, behind the curtain on the evolution of downtown gilbert maybe some of the big ideas there and who really sparked a lot of that and some of the history
1: you bet so when i first came on council in 2009 um they made me the liaison when i say they the mayor gets to choose who the liaisons are and he made me the liaison to the redevelopment commission which was the heritage district Mm. and he gave me that assignment because nobody else (laughs) wanted it Now I was the new council member so you get the you get the last pick and uh (laughs) At the time, Liberty Market had just opened, but we were also in the middle of the Great Recession. Mm. Also owned
0: by Joe Yes, Joe
1: Mm -hmm. has business partners for all of his restaurants. So Joe does own it and then partners with another individual. So one, a different individual for each location. Um, And I just remember we had meetings and meetings and meetings talking about what the potential of the heritage district looked wow. like. Um, now we're going to rewind about three decades okay. because the council at the time started purchasing one parcel of land at a time, and their effort really was to reduce blight and also to um, find these homes that had been built, you know, a hundred years ago in our community and ensure that those didn't become areas where we saw you know, blight and crime and other things. So councils made an effort and were very intentional about purchasing just one lot at a time. What that allowed us to do was to assemble large tracts of land, which we would not have had the opportunity um, had they not had that foresight. So we wanted to create energy in our heritage district. So even in the downturn of the economy, we started working on bringing events downtown, so the farmer's market started, great people that we were able to partner with, no farmer. We had no farmer for two years (laughs) at the farmer's market. That's interesting. Because they didn't see the vision yet. As soon as we started getting farmers, it's the largest farmer's market in Arizona now. It is extremely well attended, um there there is one dog for every two people that go to the wow. farmers market. Yeah. People are so happy to bring their it's pets. It's a great vibe, down.
0: good good atmosphere. Now
1: yeah. we also have the Gilbert Art Walk and um, Made with Love Market and all these fun things downtown. Um, the restaurant tours that invested in our community. We tried to show them demographics. We tried to, you know, this is what you want to be here. Um it took one very influential restaurant tour to be vocal about the success that he was having in the Heritage District. I wanna guess,
2: Oregano's? No. He
1: was he, he did good, okay. but they sold out, right, to corporate. Are you so. talking
2: Joe in particular?
1: I'm talking about Postino's, Craig oh, DeMarco. Oh, Postino's. And he was good. really vocal, so I kind of give him mm. some of the credit, right, because he took a chance on us. Right. And he is a very well-respected restaurateur in Arizona. He told a few people, Boom. And I think that started the domino effect. And success begets success. And so uh, others found value in, in in the area and also in the people that were coming.
2: Yeah, so what are the future plans for downtown Gilbert? Oh, we're
1: just getting started. I know. I want to hear it. Can <laughs> so you tell us more? We're excited about the university building that we have in the Heritage District, which now has Park University, mm-hmm. 300 students every day. In, wow. And then we also have the University of Arizona. They've brought the first Bachelor of Integrated Nursing to the Heritage District, to our university building, and are looking again to expand and look for other opportunities. So we're gonna continue to have that vibrancy. We've got office buildings, large office buildings that are ready to open uh, in the Heritage District and more development coming. So what we wanna do is increase that daytime population, make sure that there isn't even a, a dry spot uh, in the day, and that will encourage those business owners to continue to grow and, and succeed.
0: I've been to the White Rabbit. Hey, kind of cool. Yeah, it's like you even have this uh, this bar that's underground. It's pretty incredible. There's yes. like everything downtown Heritage District. Looking back on that story, though, we talk a lot here about a book that we've read, Canoeing the Mountains. Mm. You should read it, Canoeing the Mountains, and at Lewis and Clark Adventure, they went into the mm. Northwest Passage thinking that they were going to um, take their canoes down the Columbia River, and they saw the Rocky Mountains. And so it was uncharted territory, and they had to adapt, and they had to do this new thing. And so in your story, just that, you know, you were given this assignment as a young leader, and you said, "All right, let's start something new, and really test it out, and see what would happen." This lean startup model of building, measuring, and learning. And so just to highlight that as leaders, if you're stuck and you're like, "I got this assignment, and it looks bleak, and it's uncharted territory," in love to the community, to the people you serve, um, use the giftings of the people, and you had people come out. I'm sure at that first market um, that that wasn't a farmer yet, but you had people that's like, wow, this is awesome. I get to sell these different items and bless the community. And then the farmers started to come. Then the relationship started to build. So leader, do something and start something new in love.
2: Yeah. So, so good. So you did that for an extended period of time, a lot of success. So when it came down to four years ago, saying, I think I'm a God has prepared me to take the next step in my leadership journey to explore being a mayor. Tell us that story. How did you discern that man, this is the right next thing for me?
1: Yeah, before before God told me that I was ready, um, I doubted a <laughs> yeah, lot. For sure. um, and which I think is a, a natural natural instinct for us to say, Am I am I ready? Do I have the skills that it's gonna take? Um, we were, we've been blessed in Gilbert. We have an had an incredible mayor in John Lewis yes, who he and I were both elected at the same time. That was the first time I really I'd met him was when we were both elected. Great mentor, great friend. John was so hospitable
2: to us when we first came. Absolutely Unbelievable.
1: adored you guys. Well, Ta- no, yeah. Next so. level
2: leader, but he was a mentor to you. Absolutely. And he, you. Yeah. and
1: he saw things in me. I didn't see in myself and was willing mm-hmm. to share those and, and had confidence in me and gave me assignments that maybe I wasn't ready for yet, but was willing to kind of hold my hand through those. Um, And so I'm, extremely grateful to him. I I miss him every day. I wish he would. I've always, I've said to him, if you want your job back, you can come back. Let now. me know. <laughs> so. so did he call
2: you kind of his apprentice? Did he make that known? I'm curious, kind of the behind the scenes of, of that sort of transition. Was he grooming you actively for, for this role? It
1: didn't feel like that. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel like I was a project. It didn't feel it. I think because of who he is, it was a genuine, Um, just appreciation for the gifts, talents, skills, abilities and experiences that I had and he wanted me to live into that and saw that value in in me doing that. Um, About six months before um, I actually committed to running he did ask me uh, would you be willing to run for mayor and my initial reaction was no. Um, I had a a daughter while I was in office so she was four, almost five at the time and getting ready to go to kindergarten and three other boys and um, my life is busy and full and I like it that way but I just didn't know that I, if I had the the ability and he was also the type of leader where he, he spent 80 hours a week doing the job of mayor wow. and I don't have that time. My first priority is mom That's mm. right. and so I had to figure out how do I do this really well and do it my way mm. and that took a lot of I would consider it soul searching. You talked about how you got to do something right it's the design of the experiment i'm going to try these things and i'm going to really map out how i want to lead um, and be confident in that that i'm going to do it my way Wow! because we often try to fill other people's shoes um, it's the the most disservice we can do to the people that we serve
0: we have a campus here that has um, a preschool and a school with hundreds of moms um, mm-hmm. and our church and school community, and it's all over Gilbert, but can you speak directly to the mom that's kind of questioning that vocation and also wrestling with, like, what else am I going to do in life? Is Where's my identity? And so you spoke around it, but, like, what's 30 seconds that you would speak directly to the, to the mom out there? What do they need to hear?
1: There's no such thing as balance. You're never going to be the balanced mom and employee mm. or business owner that you want to be because balance doesn't exist. Balance would be e- e- equal to perfection and there was only one person who's ever lived on the earth that was perfect so and it's not us Mm -hmm. Um, and so let go of some of that and my personal motto is be where your feet are if I am at we Town hall. say that a lot You do? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. good. Yeah. I, should have, I should have known. <laughs> we are but here. There's a great painting that I actually have, um, and I oftentimes refer to it, but it's a painting of a woman. She is clearly juggling many things, and there is a look on her face where she is both worried and overwhelmed, but also completely satisfied mm. and and content. So look for those moments. And I have a little practice that I do where – Um, When I am feeling that overwhelm or that pull one way or the other, it's really to engage all of my senses right where I'm at. So try to see things really clearly, take a really deep breath, make sure that I feel my body and understand you know, where I'm at, both spiritually and physically, emotionally and, and mentally, and really to try to self audit. Absolutely. Like, presence. okay, recenter because you need to be your best wherever you are, whether that's you're cutting up bananas and getting your kids off to school or you're, you know, out leading a meeting and focusing on, you know, youth suicide and prevention. Yeah. How can you do that?
2: So, female, mom, leader, you are enough. Jesus loves you, he's proud of you, and uh, you have an invitation today, even right now, to be where your feet are and to rest in his unconditional love and grace. Mm -hmm. So you led in a different way. You were saying, Mayor Lewis, God bless him, 80 hours, that ain't going to be me, right? So what is your kind of rhythm of work and how did your team kind of respond to a different rhythm?
1: Yeah, we have the most incredible team at Town Hall and I say this all the time, I do nothing alone. That's right. Absolutely not. Um, it takes four people on my council to get a vote, but it takes you know 1400, 1500 now to make the town function in the way that it does. I am one cog in a very big wheel um, and thankfully there are people who are really supportive and understand that, um, my first priority is as a mom, so I make sure that I don't leave till my kids leave for school. And there were some adjustments that had to happen when I first came in, and and you know meetings that used to start at seven thirty now start at eight thirty. And but they still get done. They still get done. And what I found mm. is that. I wasn't the only one One, that that that. appreciated the fact that they could get their kids off. So I was nervous about shaking things up a little, but I got a lot of, hey, thank you so much. Now I'm getting my kids off to school too. And, and I'm having more time in the morning to do my routine and making sure that, so um, things we think are going to be inhibitors to our success can actually be catalysts. Um, I think if you just live into those things. So um, I make sure that I'm home from three to five every day, too, because those are what I call the witching hours. You don't know which way they're going to go. Yes. And uh, critical times for my family. So whether it's getting food ready or, you know, getting the download on the day, whatever it might be. Um, It's really important that I'm home during those times. And we haven't
2: mentioned your husband yet. What's his name? What's he do? How does he help make this whole thing work?
1: Yeah. So um, we have an interesting sort of family situation right now, but, um, you know, he, he definitely does his part and um, I know he cares deeply for the town as I do.
2: So good. So good. So, man, I have had so much fun hearing your story and I want to know as, as a mayor, so Jake and I are pastors here. What are the questions that you keep right in front of yourself all the time to keep the town of Gilbert on true north? You've got to be asking these questions over and over again. One, two, three questions that kind of norm your, your true north.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we have a City of the Future initiative. There is a historical way for cities to have a increase in prosperity, um, to sort of plateau, and then you see a rapid decline in the quality of life in those communities. We are here to break the city cycle. And so we are asking ourselves what we are doing, why we are doing it, and what we hope to accomplish. We ask those three questions over and Can you say and that slower again? again? I was Absolutely. really good because there's a lot
2: behind those questions. To so say, yeah,
1: what are we doing? What are we doing? Why are we doing it? Yeah,
2: keep
0: why, Simon Sinek. Sorry and otherwise. what yeah. do
1: we hope to accomplish? Yeah. so what do al- we want outcomes. the outcome to be? Right. Yep, exactly.
0: That's beautiful, man. I bet you have been blessed, listener. I know we have from this phenomenal leader. Um, in your time as mayor so that was since 2016 and you're up for re-election then i am coming up and you're gonna be uh, pursuing that continually you should continue on yes
1: you have to be told right to do you these to things do. you really have to be told to do them so
0: do um, them do it <laughs> we, well, we will vote for you i
1: meant by the higher power but thank you <laughs> yeah, we, yeah
0: however that works we yeah. will vote for you um in your time, though, what is kind of like, you know, this is really one of the most things that I am proud of. We talked about Heritage District and other initiatives, but what is that one thing that you're like, yeah, I hope that really leaves a legacy for the town of Gilbert?
1: I hope that 10 years from now, councils can build on the foundation that I've built and or that I've contributed to. Um, I, I'm not big on legacy. I'm not big on, like, what did you do that has your name on it? or that you can point to. Um, I will know that I've done a good job if councils 10 and 20 years from now have more opportunities than what I had today, um, that I've built that foundation or contributed to that foundation that has continued to propel Gilbert forward. So call me in 10 or 20 years awesome. or something, we can talk about that. I love the humility that. in that
0: response, but really building people is the job, and so you're focused on this core group of building them, and then they're gonna outlast you know anything that you do, and it'll continue to get better and better. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Jen.
2: This has been a lot, a lot of fun. Is there so uh, Victoria? Your your assistant is here today. Thank you for hanging out with us, sister. Uh, it's your birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah.
1: Happy birthday, so, Valerie. What do you
2: love? Did I say Victoria? I meant Valerie. Sorry no, I about knew what that, you sister. Meant yeah, these. yeah. I'm a goofy dude. <laughs> um, so, what do you love about being around a Valerie and other young leaders? What's inspiring about them? Because yeah, you, just in the five minutes I was talking to you, really, really impressed with who you are, how God's hardwired you. So what do you love about the next gen of leaders?
1: I think they are more purpose-driven than any generation that has ever lived. Um, I think millennials specifically get a bad rap, and I, um, I'm quick to defend them. I'm not part of that generation, um, but certainly appreciate the idea that they are more savvy, more um, more directed, more purpose-driven than anyone that I've ever um, gotten to meet and, and really engage in. So when we talk about what we're doing, why we're doing it, and what we hope to accomplish, um, these are the individuals that can answer those questions and help guide us. And so they need to tap into those strengths, and we need to give them space to do that. Wow.
0: That's awesome. Where do you see like a lot of the young leaders in Gilbert maybe in their 18 to late 20s kind of leading the town or different examples of that in Gilbert?
1: That's I great. see them engaged at all levels yeah. whether it's uh you know, there's there's you know a couple that are on council and running for council we've got young people that are starting their own businesses and that are Um, you know, just starting their families and you're seeing this sort of evolution occur as they become parents. I see them contributing to boards and commissions and uh, in their own churches. I just see incredible people giving back all the time.
0: It's beautiful. So we're Christian pastors at a Christian church that has been here for 35 to 40 years or so with different iterations with the school and preschool. And uh, sometimes as leaders, we can be very siloed with our own stuff, our own church, and we don't want to work with other churches or other religions or other communities. Um, what would be your biggest advice, Mayor, to all of the religious leaders in this town? Um, it's good. Yeah, let's go with that.
1: Yeah. So our ability to be connected is also our ability to be effective, um, and so we are and and have a great influence in our current spheres. But when we extend those spheres, we have the ability to influence far beyond that. And I think the collaboration piece is the key. We have some major challenges, as great as Gilbert is. um, We're not immune to some of the challenges that we're seeing all over the country, Um, one of which I'm particularly focused on, which is um, youth mental health and suicide prevention. And it's heartbreaking to see um, the generational effects of suicide. And so this is gonna take a Total collaborative effort. There's not going to be one school or one church or one, you know, community nonprofit that's going to be able to solve this. It's all of us working together. And what I have found is when you get diversity of thought around a challenge, that solution is so much better than if you get one group or one sort of mindset focused on that. So not only do we need our pastors and our priests and all those who are involved in our faith groups to contribute we need them to be bold in their assessment and in their guidance and in their direction to speak their truth yeah. because the collaborative effort the actual outcome will be so much better and so much more effective
2: Do you have forums that are gathering consistently for we do. leaders to talk about some of these major struggles Yeah we
1: do and there's a couple different ways to, to to do that and to get involved and I know every community has you know some effort around this whether it's you know uh, behavioral health and and healthcare in general there's just so many options and ways for people to get involved but absolutely if it's, you're not in gilbert come come find me or but if you're you're if you are in Gilbert, come find me, if you're not, there's gonna be another path for you. Yeah,
2: so good. Last question to close. This has been legit. Amazing. What book what book are you reading? Readers are leaders, leaders are readers. So yeah, drop a good book read on so us. So
1: I'm in the middle of a trilogy oh, and oh. Um, it's a it's a it's a You're good committed. One. Like fiction? Like No, this is good. Okay. It's the obstacle is the way. Okay. And then the second part is ego is the enemy. And the third book, is stillness is the key. Ooh, cool. So, author, you know the author. Um, I'm sorry, sorry I we will should look know it up.
0: That's right, we do that all the time as
1: well. Cool. Um, but it's
0: what do you like most about it?
1: Um, it's challenging my thinking. Okay. It's not. Um, it's written really well and brings a lot of history and historical figures to 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 show examples. So the history part nerd of me loves that part too. Wow, Thank this has so been much.
0: awesome. I mean, what a heightened joy in the room mm-hmm. from just your your smile to your personality to your humility, um, your leadership within your family, the ba- boundaries that you have called out and helped other people through that. Uh, pouring into older generations and younger generations a hope and a future um, for this life but also into the next and not being afraid to lead boldly as a female leader in this town it's an honor for us to call you our mayor thanks for being on the show thank
1: you and thanks for doing what you're doing so well i meet students from greenfield christ greenfield church all the time and good people all thank around. You,
2: thank so, you, Thank you. We believe that leaders are, eternities are changed when a leader chooses to grow. So grow today. Uh, sharing is caring. Get the word out about lead time. Thank you, Mayor Daniels. God bless Stay rocket. <laughs> yeah, baby. We made it. God is good. Oh, sorry. Thank yes. you. Have Come a good one. one. Bye. Bye. Sorry,
0: sorry. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.